Welcome to Tower Race. This week, Sharon, you're obviously here again, but we've I got know. an empty seat in front of us. I uh, know. Future, Surprise. Future mystery guest, I'm sure. Jesus got... has risen. <laughs> Can we do a sound check on them, please? Oh, sorry, that was really lame. Uh, <laughs> so Easter Sunday is coming up this week, which is pretty exciting. I know it's your favourite holiday of the year, just about. Yeah, I love Easter Sunday. Yeah, I love coming into Tower Race and I love wishing everybody a happy a happy Easter Sunday. It's just one of the best days. Yeah. And so today we're going to be talking about John 10.10 is our major theme about yeah. living a life and life to the full, um, unpacking Jesus on this special day. You've got the verse there? I have got the verse here. It's just such a beautiful verse. It says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And for me, I just love that because for me, that's what Easter Sunday is all about. I can just imagine Jesus um, rising from the dead and he's got this smile as big as the sun and he's just, you know, like a toddler when they start to walk for the first yeah. time and they kind of showing off because uh, they're able to walk and I can just see Jesus showing off because it's kind of like I'm alive, I'm alive, I'm alive. It's a good day, yeah, isn't it? it was a really good day, <laughs> I reckon. <laughs> it's a good Sunday today. And, and this is what he's come for. He's come so that we can have that life with him. Life to the full. Yeah, which life is so exciting. All its abundance. It's yeah. really, really cool, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's an amazing yeah. thing. I love it because um, I love the story just preceding it. Yep. And uh, I might just share that real quick. It's found in John 9. But I love this story because there's this blind, blind man and Jesus is walking past and his disciples ask him, is this man blind because of his sin or his family's sin? And Jesus is able to step into that and he just says, neither. And then Jesus sort of turns to the blind man and he spits in the mud <laughs> and he picks up a handful of mud and he rubs it on this blind man's eyes and he tells him to go and wash. And then he washes and he comes back and he's healed. And it's this awesome story. But then the Pharisees, so the religious leaders of the day, right, they saw the healing and they uh, decided they had to investigate it because they didn't really like this Jesus because he was a bit of a rule breaker. So they're investigating why he would heal on a Sunday and if in fact he did heal because they couldn't believe that the, the blind beggar was the same guy that was now walking around. They couldn't believe that it was the same person, so they went and interviewed his family and all this sort of stuff. And they got so angry with this bl formerly blind man that they throw him out of town and they say, you were seeped in sin. Wow. It's crazy. It's an absolutely insane story. But I love this story because this blind man, um, he believed a lie about himself for so long and, and so he lived this subdued life which he, um, yeah, he just didn't get an opportunity to taste all that life had in store for him. And then all of a sudden along comes Jesus and just interrupts his life and just changes it. And then Jesus, hearing that this guy has been kicked out of town, comes along and he finds him again and he starts to speak identity into him. But he also starts to talk about spiritual blindness. And so he starts to talk about the previous story and says it's really about spiritual blindness, not just your physical blindness, the scales that were on your eyes. And it's in this context, it's in this story and scene in which Jesus then makes that remarkable statement in John 10.10 10, in which he says, I've come that they may have life and life to the full. So I love this story because um, this promise and this statement isn't just about, uh, it's spoken in the, the midst of this man who was robbed of so much. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And he believed that he that was his lot in life. Yes. Yeah, that he was um, um, blind because of sin, that he was this that he was always going to be blind, that he could never see. Yeah. He believed that he and his family didn't deserve more. 
yeah. he believed that he and his family, they, their lot in life was already cast yeah. and that it was poverty yeah. and that he didn't deserve to have anything more than that until this guy called Jesus rocked up and yeah. said, I've come so that you may have life. Yeah. I find that so powerful. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I was listening to one of my uh, favourite podcasters the other week and he made this interesting statement where he said that most, his greatest desire in life was to wake people up. Wow. That he felt that most people were just sleeping through life, just going through the monotony of life, just the ordinary everyday, unaware and unobservant of um, life that was available for them and that his desire, um, I suppose, as a counsellor, as, as um, he was, he's also a pastor, is to help people wake up That's to so kind of see life. And for him, some of that life in, involves grief and, yeah, and sadness because um, you can't have texture without the diversity. No, no, but he just wants people to be alive to the richness and the depth of what it is to truly live with God yeah. um, and to have God present with you in every circumstance. Yeah. And that's why I love Easter Sunday because that's the promise. It's it is, the promise it? that Jesus is going to just do life with us, um, which is pretty amazing. So good, isn't it? Yeah. That we yeah. could have life and life to the full. What else do you like about that story? Um, the other bit that stood out to me about that story was the impact that lies do have on us. The fact that... Um, it wasn't just this man's physical blindness that robbed him of so much in life, but it was about the lie that he le- believed about his own self-worth and his family's worth in that community setting and the way that that impacted his everyday life. Yeah. And so I think even coming back to that John 10.10 statement, I think there's more in that statement than just the, the fact that there is a force for life. Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, I think that we're in a battle. I think we're in a spiritual battle. Um and I think that there is this battle between evil and good. And I kind of go, if you think there's no evil, come and walk with me for a little while and I'll show you some <laughs> evil. Um, and you can even kind of see it with this coronavirus at the moment. You know, there's just evil in the core of it, you know, in what it's actually destroying in terms of life and health and, and well-being. But there is a spiritual battle which is going on all around us. And if we're not savvy to that battle, yeah. I think we become like the blind man. We fall key. asleep and we, we aren't very savvy to actually what's going on. If there is a battle around us, if there's two forces, good and evil, for lack of a better word, um, if we don't know we're in that battle, then we're destined to lose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a pretty one-sided battle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, go on. No, I was just going to say, and I think we need to unpack what that battle looks like um, because if we don't break it down, um, we, we don't have the weapons that we need to be able to, to fight so that then we can stay awake and do life awake. Yeah. So I suppose what we really want to talk about today is how we come to be able to have that full life that Jesus promises us, but part of that is becoming aware of the battle, in other yeah. words, um, no longer being spiritually blind yeah. and being able to see. Yeah. And then <laughs> the great news about the gospel message of Easter Sunday is that Jesus enters the equation and he yeah. enables us to see. Yeah, because he was the game changer. He certainly was. He was the game changer for the blind man and he's the game changer for us. Just spitting on our eyes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, helping us to see. So we've got a, an amazing guest to invite out. So we've got Talia, why don't you come join us? Oh, yeah. 
So for those that are watching from home that don't know, this is Talia, one of our amazing young leaders here at Tail Race. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about yourself, Talia. Um, so I go to church here. I'm part of the youth team here. Yeah, I, you are. <laughs> um, I work here. Do you sleep here? <laughs> no. Not quite. I reckon I could. Um, I finished grade 12 last year, so I'm on a gap year this year. Awesome. Just kind of doing whatever. Um, you yeah. recently got your driver's license. I recently got my driver's license. It's a big win. Which was fun until we got told to stay at home. <laughs> <laughs> what are some of your favourite activities? What do you like to do? I'm not sure. I, yeah. I think I need to find a new hobby, um, which this time has been great for. I've been painting, cooking, wow. watching movies, sleeping, all sorts. Wow. Yeah. Has any one of those stood out yet? Um, not really. I feel like I only have so much creativity and then it kind of stops. Yeah, yeah. So I did a week of painting and then I didn't want to do it anymore. Yeah. You're a real people person though I'm too. such a people person, yeah. Yeah. I'm feeling your pain at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Jono is too. Tim's not. <laughs> That's why Tim's not here this yeah. week. <laughs> yeah. No, that's right. So, yeah. Talia, we thought we'd invite you along to help us unpack this theme because we wanted to hear your voice in terms of those younger generations. But we also thought it would be really powerful um, and help people at home to be able to, to capture this concept and the urgency and the importance of us being able to um, understand the, the consequences that spiritual blindness might be able to have on mm. our life and restricting us from being able to have that full life, that full promise that Jesus went to the cross for and yep. which we celebrate Easter Sunday for. Mm. Isn't that right? Yeah, so one of the first things I think that the enemy does, and he certainly did that in that story with the blind man, is is that he creates doubt um, yeah, on the inside. Absolutely. And I don't know about you guys, but does your generation doubt? Like, you know, do they question things and, and what sort of things are they questioning? Um, yeah, our, my generation doubts a lot. I've found, you know, with my friends and um, just people that I know that, um, particularly at my age, there's a lot of um, soul searching and who am I, what's, what's my purpose in life, am I doing the right thing, um, am I good enough, yep. will I ever be good enough, that sort of thing. Yeah, it's quite painful, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. What about your generation, Jono? I think my generation, I think every generation struggles with those issues about doubting identity and self-worth, but I think uh, another doubt, that my generation definitely expresses all the time is a, a doubt or a mistrust of institutions and of people in authority. I think um, the fact that you just look at the current climate with the distrust towards, say, the media or institutions like religion or education or justice or anything like that, there's a, a at its core, there's this belief that uh, their interests aren't my best interests. Yeah. 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 That they're withholding something yeah, there's a, from you, that there's an agenda. Um, there's an uneven power dynamic yeah. and that um, you want to take advantage of me. Yeah. You're not going to show me the whole picture. Yeah. 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 I know in my generation some of the doubt can be around um, whether, for example, in spiritual matters, whether God is actually for me, truly for me. Yeah. You know, yeah. that maybe he's withholding something good from me, that maybe he's not as good or as benevolent as what he appears to be and so therefore I'm not getting everything that's good from yeah. him. So there's this doubt. 
And I think that that's one of the things that the enemy wants us wants to do is to sow doubt into our lives, doubt about ourselves, doubt about each other, doubt about spirituality, just doubt. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Full stop. Um, and to be really honest with us, with that doubt, um, there's often distorted truth in there, isn't there? Yeah. There's yep. often these weird kind of concepts or these ideas. Um, Things get very twisted. Yeah, yeah, because I often kind of think none of us would ever intentionally choose to believe a bad thing about ourselves. Do you know what I mean? Like we yep. wouldn't intentionally go to bed of a night time going, I'm not enough. Yeah. We, we would never choose that kind of... I'm really dumb. Of, I can't speak. Yeah. Or, I'm really ugly or... <laughs> yeah, we would never choose that because if we heard a friend saying that... Um, even jokingly, we would probably tell our friend off and yeah. say that's actually not true at all. So we would never intentionally choose to distort a truth, but we do it all the time, don't we? Can yeah. you guys think of some examples of what your generation do? I've got one. Yeah. Yeah, so often people think that um, there's that classic one about where how people want to be used, mm -hmm. right? People say uh, altruistically, oh, God use me or something like that. Yeah. Do you want to so they that? So they say to God, um, they might pray a prayer saying, God, please use me. Please use me. I just want to be used by you. And there's an element of truth in that where the person probably does want to be used by God. The only thing is God doesn't ever use anyone. You know, yeah. he doesn't manipulate anyone. He doesn't control anyone. He doesn't just uh, use their gifts and then um, that's all he's interested in. Usually when he asks us to be engaged with whatever it is he's, he's planning on planet Earth, he calls us by name. So he'd say, Talia, Talia, yeah. would you do this? I've designed you, I've made you, yeah. I've gifted you, I've wired you for this very specific thing on planet Earth. Will you yeah. please do it for me, my beautiful daughter? That's the kind of language he uses. But it's kind of like when we think that we're just, um, that we can just be used by God or that God just wants to use us, then we just come along as this kind of um, servant or lackey and we're happy yeah. to <laughs> help out. We're happy to stack chairs and sweep the floor and, and we don't really understand that God actually wants to use, not use us, but, you know, um, it's about a relationship liberate those gifts that we yeah. have and the things that he's created in, in, inside of us. Believing that distortion of the truth that he wants to just use me, there's like almost like this manipulation dynamic at stake there, yeah. isn't there? But when the reality is, is like you said, he calls us by name. And so there's this whole relationship and depth to it about a partnership and about a... Um, it's because of who we are, not necessarily because of what we do. Yeah. We had another um, incident at youth um, a few <laughs> weeks ago when um, I came to talk and I talked about the difference between wild good and wild bad because I think all teenagers have wild energy. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it can go one or two ways and they get to choose. No adult gets to choose, they get to choose. I think adults can give them choices in that. And I remember asking the kids um, what, what did wild bad look like? And they, and they could give that to me. Yeah. They could define that to me. But then when I asked them what does wild good look like, 
They were struggling. And yet there's so many wild good things, you know, in terms of social justice. You know, I, I was listening to this documentary about Bill Gates and just watching his wild good in terms of wanting to bring clean water and to solve um, health issues and um, to help with poverty. And I'm just going, this is a classic example of what wild good looks like. But even in raising teenagers, we distort truth. We distort it. So then we think that all what young adults and teenagers are interested in is, is this wild bad when we have never as adults given them the option or helped them to think about what wild good actually might look like. Yeah. And so we get sucked into this distortion of what truth actually looks like. Absolutely. And so then what happens is then... Just before you move sorry. on to the next one, I just want to just quickly say that's one of the amazing things about our youth group is that we've got leaders like Talia. Yeah. And Talia, you're very good at this. You're very good at seeing uh, a young person's wild <laughs> and just seeing that energy there and rather than having that... Uh, you're, you've got the wisdom about you to be able to understand that you, that can be redirected for a good as yeah. opposed to just let's stop the bad. Yeah. <laughs> let's just yeah. manage that wild behaviour, that yeah. wild that wild energy. Yeah. So I think our young people are blessed to have a leader like you to Leah, which is really yeah. cool. Yeah, well, she's got phenomenal people skills. Absolutely. And I love that heart of compassion too, which leads to the next one, which is discouragement. Because if you're believing lies or about yourself, then you're going to be discouraged. Yeah. Um, it, do you guys see that with young people? Do we see young people being discouraged? Yeah, yeah, all the time. I think, um, yeah, especially like in youth group or anything, when, you know, it's all connected and when those doubts, you start to believe those doubts, you get discouraged and you think maybe I'm not good enough or, you know, maybe yeah. God doesn't have a plan for me or, yeah. yeah, maybe I won't ever make something of myself. And, yeah, you see that. I see that in my friends. I see that in the youth group where, yeah. yeah, they do believe these lies and the doubts and, yeah, it it hurts them. They yeah. start to retreat, don't they? Yeah. Like we often see um, when a youth that's been travelling with this for a little while starts to go through a, like a bit of a, a flatter period where they start to become discouraged. They, it's almost like they retreat to the darker corners of the room, don't they? Yeah, always. <laughs> they try hard. They become, it's almost like they shrink. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Really. Yeah. Yeah, you can what, you can see discouragement on people' yeah. uh, body, can't you? Yeah. You know their shoulders slump and their eyes get a bit dimmer and yeah, yeah, yeah it's not it's not pleasant at all. Um, and uh, of course, when you're discouraged, you're not actually going to be able to um, walk into to life because you just you're just no. discouraged. You just you're just feeling a little bit um, dis- defeated. And like that one that we talked about earlier with doubt and distort, why on earth would we ever choose for ourselves to uh, discouraging messages? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, again, it's just that we're in a battle and there's sometimes a voice. <laughs> well, that we... voice seems to be louder than the other side. I'd say yeah. so, yeah. yeah. But like with the youth, you know, they could tell me what wild bad looked like, but when I asked them wild good, you know, it's not as loud and yet, yeah. you know, there's so many crazy things you can do that's <laughs> wild good. And then I think that what happens after you're discouraged is is that um, you get distracted because you kind of go, I call it the what the hell <laughs> kind of uh, theory because it is, you know, yeah. you just go, well, what the hell? You know, what have I got to lose? So you just kind of... You just give up and you just kind of go, well, what the hell? And um, you, you get distracted by things. And they, um, there's this beautiful um, 
like our turtles are really beautiful and they um, they lay their eggs on the sand and um, they nurture those eggs and then when the eggs have hatched and when they're ready to go to the water they follow the uh, light of the moon to find the water's edge to, to make it back into the water. The only thing is is that us humans have gone and built all these big high-rise buildings along the beach fronts now where they hatch and so the turtles now are distracted by the light of the apartments and the condos. So instead of going towards the beach, uh, to the water and to safety and following the moon, they see these bright, shiny baubles of the <laughs> houses and then they make their way towards the houses instead. And then, of course, they don't, they don't discover it. their life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They don't discover it. And I often think in our culture, um, this is what happens constantly when we're discouraged, when we've um, distorted truth, when we're doubting. We then get distracted by silly things. I mean, I don't know, does your generation ever get distracted? <laughs> <laughs> Very easily. Uh, uh, um, do you think that that's when it becomes wild bad? That's I a think good a question. lot of like, it is. Distraction? Yeah. Because. You know, like yeah. you said, there's nothing else. Yeah, what the hell? So, yeah, why not yeah. just go and do wild bad? Yeah, yeah it's a great point to Yeah, learn. Yeah, because no one actually believes in me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I get really cross with some of the messaging that young people have. You know, I remember when our kids were teenagers and oh, we would have we parents who would say, um, how are you coping? And I'm kind of going, coping with what? They're, they're fine, they're great. I'm really enjoying these teen years or... Um, are you wishing it was over? And I'm kind of going, no way. I'm really enjoying <laughs> this season. Um, but you think about so many messages that are given. And I think on that evening, the thing that astounded me was the amount of young people that came and said that they were really encouraged because they felt like somebody had actually spoken truth into mm. their yeah. life. An adult, an older person actually believed that they were capable of good things. Mm. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, I do. I think it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, wow. that one. Yeah, yep. they will do that. And then the last thing that happens is disunity. So community breaks down, relationships break down, families break down, hearts divide. I mean, that's what anxiety is. Anxiety at the end of the day is division of the heart. Yep. It's when we're divided on the inside. And you see this constantly with people, don't you, that they're just divided in every sense of the word. So do you think that's the, just slightly off topic, you think that's the um, part of the root of anxiety? Can you unpack that a bit more? Uh, anxiety is division. It's, it's when we have lots and lots of conflicting um, thoughts, emotions. We're not quite sure what to, what to believe, where to land. We're, we're divided on the inside. Yeah, okay. yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. So, so for example, just a little anxious thing, say a, um, a kid decides that they're going to go to uni, they decide they want this career, they're really excited about that, but then they're feeling really, really anxious because it means they have to leave home, they have to make new friends, they're not sure if they've got the confidence to do that, they're not sure that they're courageous enough to do that, and so they become all... Um, conflicted on the inside and jumbled up. I mean, that's a very <coughs> shallow definition of yeah. anxiety, so that's not a medical yeah. <laughs> prognosis or anything like that because I'm not qualified for that. But it, it's division again. We, we get divided. Yeah. So the enemy has these 
the, this strategy which he wants to bring against each one of us, no matter what age we're at, and if we're not savvy, we succumb to it or we, we, we get trapped by it. And then it's really hard for us to experience life. And this is what I love about this passage, this story that um, we read before because the, uh, um, the doubt was replaced with um, belief or truth, wasn't it? Yeah, trust was the word used. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was, that was replaced, the distortion was replaced with truth, that he was yeah. loved, that yeah. he wasn't a sinner, that yeah. he hadn't done anything wrong. Or that, uh, yeah, his blindness wasn't caused by that and that yeah. he, there was more to life regardless of the blindness, whether yeah. he remained blind or was healed, there was much more on offer. Yeah. He didn't have to live that subdued, rejected life any longer. Yeah. 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 And then in terms of being discouraged, I don't know, what do you think? Do you think he was discouraged or encouraged by the time he'd had the encounter with Jesus? <laughs> I think he was pretty encouraged. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think so. I yeah. think despite being thrown out of town, as you read through like line by line the story of his second encounter with Jesus, he seems like far uh, bigger, I suppose. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Than what he did early. Yeah, he's come alive. Just <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> spot me thrown out of town. Yeah, <laughs> and he's probably having a bit of a chuckle um, in some ways too. You know, this is what these religious dudes try to do to me. You yeah. know, yeah, um, yeah. The so. man trying to keep me down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then he's also a lot more focused, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. And that's what you know. Once we. Um, Start seeing things clearly, we become a lot more focused and then we also become more unified, both within ourselves, with, with each other, with um, family, with community. Um, we're able to do those relationships differently. Yeah. yeah. That's really, really good. So, um, so Talia, we've invited you here, obviously, again, so you could speak on behalf of that younger generation. But also, I think this sort of message it helps our viewers at home to be able to understand it because they can see for you being a young person if you can understand this the, what's at stake because you've yeah. got your whole life ahead of you but the great thing is about um the easter message and the power of jesus is that regardless of your stage in life there's still uh, uh, there's still uh, a, an alive tomorrow do you know what i mean mm -hmm. so sharon perhaps just to um recap perhaps you could speak to to, to leah imagining you don't know her perhaps you could speak yeah. about and recap um, the, pro the promise of John 10.10 10 and, and what's at stake. Yeah. It's just as a bit of an illustration. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, do you reckon yeah, we could do that? Yeah. yeah. So, Talia, I hope in your lifetime as a young woman and then a middle-aged woman and then an old woman that you will never doubt the things that God has spoken over you. Yeah. That you will never doubt his goodness for you, that he is for you, that he loves you with a passion, that he has a purpose for you. He's gifted and called you. He has this life where, yes, there's going to be heart in it. There's going to be um, complexity and difficulty. There'll be sadness and there'll be disappointment. And at times your heart will just break. But he will always be there, always there. Always Emmanuel, always walking with you, always for you, always working things out for the best. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. And he just has so much for you. Mm -hmm. And I hope that just like you'll never um, 
doubt that you'll never distort that whilst at times God might be hard to find and hard to understand and hard to figure out that you'll never you'll never um, doubt his truth and his basic truths of his love for you that you'll never ever ever doubt that um, or distort that or think that God's holding something back for you from you or that he's not um, got the very very best um, intent for you and I hope that um, you'll you'll we all get discouraged I mean that's just part of life but I hope that it'll be a a quick flit through discouragement that that the disappointments that you experience in life that you'll go back to the truth you'll go back to the rhythms you'll go back to the character of God and you'll allow God to strengthen you because to be encouraged is to remove those things which discourage us allow God to remove those things that are discouraging us and to actually give us back courage so that we can go again and then I hope that you won't get too distracted by all the baubles of life because there's so many baubles. There's some beautiful baubles that are going to come in your world. Hopefully there will be one day maybe babies and husbands <laughs> and <laughs> grandbabies and a beautiful community and a fulfilling career and all those kinds of things. But never, ever, ever settle for those things that are just shiny little material things that just rust and rot. They're not the important things in life. And then I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope that you'll stay close to God because God is a God of love and he loves loves it when we're in relationship. He loves it when we're in community with one another. So that's my hope. As a pastor for you, but as a pastor for everyone, um, one of the things I hate about this disease at the moment is is that we can't meet, that we can't do community, that we can't embrace community and there's such a richness about people coming together and worshipping God and allowing God's love to just be present with us and to just meet together and to embrace the beauty of community every Sunday. I'm missing that. I'm missing yeah. that rhythm, that routine, yeah. that the depth of that. And um, I guess my encouragement for everybody would be to become a part of that because I think it's rich. Yeah. It's a rich way yeah. to live. So good. So good, isn't it? Yeah. So just as um, you shared for Talia there, that's obviously how we feel about the entire community and everybody watching this, that just as those words yeah. are spoken over you, Talia, are spoken over everybody. Yeah. And that it is our heart's desire and Jesus' heart's desire that we do have life and life to the full and that we, but we, that we are spiritually awake, that that mud does come over our eyes and uh, remove that spiritual blindness so that we can see the strategies of the, of the dark one and so that we can step into that fulfilling yeah. life. Yeah. 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 Very, very good. So I think we're going to quickly talk about communion. We're going to um, finish with communion today and we're going to encourage you in a little while to have your own communion. Um, I think as we take our communion, um, after this there's going to be a beautiful song brought to us by the beautiful and lovely Kate um, O'Neill and we, we just ask that you just reflect on the beauty and the wonder of resurrection. 
Yeah, Easter Sunday. Easter Sunday, because he came, he came to give us life and life in all of its fullness. And for me, the translation for that is love and love in all of its fullness. Wow. So that's for me what communion's all about. Yeah. So we're going to take our communion and um, we might just say, um, we might just pray and then leave these guys to, to go and listen to the song and take their own communion as well. Sure. Sounds good. All right. Father, I just thank you for today. I thank you for Easter Sunday. I thank you for that precious name that is Jesus. I thank you that the grave couldn't hold him, but that he rose again. And I just pray that as we come around a time of communion today, that we might be able to just really um, draw nearer to you. I pray that we may become more spiritually awake and more spiritually alive, that we may be able to see um, the thief's strategies and, and be able to run far from them. God, I just pray that we may become a community of people that may just become fully alive. Mm. In your precious name. Amen. Amen. Amen.